0: Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Oh my goodness! All right, well, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Siepen, and I am sitting across from Andy Littleton, who just paid me one of the most amazing compliments. Except you don't get to hear it till the end of the podcast. <laughs> you got so to tune in to hear that again. And he commented on the fact that we have been doing this, I think, for four years, maybe four or five years. Four years. It's been a long time. A long time. Like we know. we are. Coming up on, I mean, two hundred episodes. We will hit that in the next year, That's wild. or less. So, yeah. if we keep going, like we're going, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we we used to podcast every single week, and now we're probably average three, and I a, every three a month now. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, close to yeah, yeah. So, but. I have loved just to say I have loved this too. I mean, this it is kind of funny if you reflect back on our first conversations <laughs> versus now. We didn't know each other. Right. We were in so different places totally. in our communities, and uh, we would go down to Exo, uh, Exo, yep. top of there they had a loft yep. where there were offices, and we would podcast in a little white. Yeah, my Mike. little snowball, snowball yep. way. Mike.
1: And we and we liked the uh, we liked the background noise because we were out in public just having a conversation. Yeah. But then enough people told us that's driving us yeah, nuts, and we don't like to hear you chew your <laughs> your food. <laughs> so yeah. the faith over breakfast <laughs> concept had to change. Yeah, we listen. We do listen. Yeah, we do and listen. We change. So I finished my burrito before we started. Shout out to Paco's yeah. for the Mexican omelet burrito.
0: Yeah, sure. shout out to Paco's who uh, yeah. pastors eat review. There you go. There yeah. you go. So you can find you can actually watch Mark Pastor Mark Pastor Eric eat the burrito. Oh wow, what a treat! That bro. is a treat. Wow. <laughs> anyway, well,
1: so so this uh, this episode, yeah, we 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 ended up talking about you know, our experience as pastors. Um, we talked about things like encouraging how to encourage how to and how not to. Share criticisms or hard things. How to approach or text your pastor? We talked about um, what it's like, the complexities, all the different things that pastors are supposed to be good at, and how hard that is. Um, And you know, if you're not a pastor and you have, if you're listening to this, you probably have one. We might be yours. So. You could tune into that and check it out and consider yeah. it. And if, uh, if you're one of our distant listeners, assuming you have a pastor, or I think this applies to any leader, parent, grandparent, we get into that toward the end. Just how to, we, we critique way more more uh, thoroughly than we compliment. So
0: maybe maybe that's something we could apply across the board. Anyway. So yeah, email us. Email at us. Faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Um and ask us questions. We love answering your emails on yeah. live on air, so well not live on air, but in our podcast. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Email us.
1: Anyway, hope you enjoy it.
0: Thanks, Andy. Intro. <laughs> Check. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the <laughs> <me. laughs> That totally would have been the intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, Eric K. Hey, it's good to see you. It's been it's been a bit. I went out of town, you didn't know. I think I told you. I don't
0: know. It doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: so you got a free you got an extra hour last week, which is great. It's good. Which is a good lot, for of, you.
0: lot of things to catch up on.
1: No, oh, I bet me too. And you know the great thing about taking a break is you don't work on things, and then the terrible thing about taking a break is there's still things to do, and you just have to do them later. Right. And they, put, build, put they build other up. things yeah they build up so there's that i did a i did a weird thing where i decided to not ignore my email on this break and i'm torn on whether that was the right choice but i didn't want to come back to 500 emails that makes sense yeah i just thought most of them i just clear um but yeah i'm i'm i there was a part of me that wishes i didn't do that but then it was nice to not come back to 500 emails
0: Wow, as a pastor, you get 500 emails, or is that because your business, too? Oh, it's everything, all emails. All yeah. emails. Yeah. Like, I get a lot of emails, but about 70% of them are not important. Yeah,
1: no, same, same, but they're just there, and you have to sift through it. Yeah, it's true. But I've got, yeah, business, pastor, business association, potentially resonate, which is tied to being pastor, but there's there's, there's a lot of emails. A know? lot of emails. And most of them, yeah, you just, okay, that's just, I'm just being notified or, you know, they're trying to sell me another Cubs hat. Right. Which they succeeded. Well, oh,
0: they succeeded. They, they. They succeeded. succeeded. Yeah. They, I see. Is this the, the one that you ordered online? Or is Yeah, I got
1: totally duped. Um, the, a sale went up on the spring training hat. Yeah. And because I went to one spring training game, which, you know, very few people got to do in 2021, I thought, Oh, that'd be a cool memento. This is the official spring training hat. And they were you know, selling for $50 and went on sale for 29 I saw. And I went, there, okay, I'm going to spoil myself. Bought it. This little website, super tricky, It charged me $15 shipping. <laughs> and it didn't show it on the screen. Like it didn't, it was, it had to be there, right? But maybe I had to scroll or something. And so I went oh, 29. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. You know, just kind of had a little impulse buy moment. Get my bill. I guess what I paid for this stinking hat. About 50 bucks. A little <laughs> over 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. You're going to have to wear the hat all the time. Bro. I got to I got to wear gotta, this get, hat. Get the 50 <laughs> bucks out of it. Yeah, and oh then it gosh. showed up with a thread broken. And I called them, which took forever to get to customer service. I was like, "Hey, you know, I've got one of the threads is coming off on this hat." And they were like, okay, great, you know, you you can return it and we will replace it for you if, if we have another one. I said, oh, do you have another one? She checked. She's like, no, not in your size. Okay. She said, so, you know, we can refund you, but you have to send it back in the exact same condition, exact same packaging, exact same stickers, which I had already taken off. And I just went, forget it. So I'm wearing my $50 flawed hat. Oh, yeah. Your life is just not that good. I, my life stinks, man. <laughs> I've got the worst life. No. That's, we, that's actually when you're buying fifty dollar hats, you don't have the worst life. No, you don't. Maybe we should talk about that. living the charmed life. You're living the charmed life. And then when you get upset about stupid stuff.
0: Yeah. Well is- hey, it's a first world problem and you're a first world liver. So you have yeah, you've got first right. world problems. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know. Anyway. There's no oh, there you go. Um Hey, you know, you come back from vacation, you know it. We're go. The churches are moving back to meeting, and mm. that means our brains are slightly fried. There's a lot yeah. of different things going on. There's, there's been a lot of things, and things have
1: accelerated. There was this pandemic had a different. It, it was difficult. Took a lot of brain power, but in a different direction. Yeah, and now it's now we're back to the. To me, it feels like the normal rhythms of life, but with an additional post pandemic layer
0: yeah well let yeah. me let me throw you a curveball uh, from we didn't really talk about this beginning, but I read an article recently talking about how pastor the stress of a a pastor's job so since it you was were complaining fake news, news. yes yeah, fake news about <laughs> Your Cubs hat. Let me let me <laughs> complain a little bit too. This article was very fascinating and it resonated with me. And yeah. they were talking about how the thing that's different about a pastor's job compared to anyone else is that pastors actually don't have any downtime mm. mentally. So right. there's not any work that they do that's just brain dead work. So it mm. requires upper functions in your brain. So you're working on a sermon, which is in some levels academic if you're just thinking about how your brain works. You're doing research, right. you're laying out a speech, you're preparing that. Then you shift to doing some pre-marriage counseling. Yep. Then you shift to overseeing a budget hmm. uh, meeting. Then you shift to managing volunteers. Then you shift to delegating things to leadership. Then you shift to mentoring a young you know, teenager maybe, and then you shift. And in,
1: and in churches like ours, if the window gets broken, you're going to show up and figure that
0: out. Right. And <laughs> if the toilet's clogged, you're going to, yeah. Yeah. So, so these are all things that aren't, you sit and you're, you know, filling out an easy form. Right. Most of the time, or whatever, There, there's a lot of downtime built into jobs. It's been a while since I've had other jobs, so trying right. to remember, think about what the downtime is. Um, but I know there is. And it, it, or at least it doesn't require upper brain function, which stresses pastors out, which is why, uh, you know, there's a lot of burnout mm-hmm. in, in pastors. Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, I read something similar, but they were talking about how, how the role of pastor doesn't fit neatly into categories. And so you get almost every pastor does two or three things that they're not good at at all. Um, because it's this conglomerate of you're supposed to be a great leader, but you're also supposed to be an empathetic counselor and listener, and those are often two very different people. Right. And you've got to have this, org- these organizational skills, and you've got to yeah. You usually have some kind of hands on practical. And every version of this is different because every church has different leaders. Even yours and mine, I, I, I do have shared the other people do carry some of the stuff. Sure. My, and I, so I don't want to act like that's not true. But there still is this strange dexterity that you're supposed to, to have, and some pastors are supposed to be everything for the organization, and that not only is your brain always on, but you, you don't get to operate out of a a strength pattern, really. you're You're often getting into areas that you're just not equipped for, but you are the person, and that's what the expectation is. Um, that you would do X y or z so yeah that's interesting
0: yeah it is because I don't think people fully comprehend that no of course um, not especially if they really <laughs> like, Nor do I like comprehend pastor, people yeah in the sense of they don't sort of understand all the dynamics that are happening there
1: yeah it's a it's a weird. You know, like comedians in cars getting coffee. There's a reason that they always sit down and talk and relate to each other because nobody gets what it's like to be a comedian, and they just think they just tell jokes all day and ha ha ha, and they don't realize how much work it is and sure. wh- what kind of brain that that happens when pastors get together, right? This is true. Is we go, Oh, okay, yeah, you get the complexities of this, and people in general don't, right? Which is right. I mean,
0: not not like boohoo, poor sure. us,
1: and it's understandable.
0: It, it is understandable. I mean, I think. The difference in all of that is I I uh, think it's a calling, and that's why yeah. pastors stick to it, even though yeah. it's stressful, is because they feel called to it. It's not something you think. I would like to grow up and, and have my brain on 24-7. Oh, sure. you know, And even when you're spending time with God— Yes, there is a, an element of, of casting your burdens on God, but even the process of thinking through your burdens to cast on God requires upper brain function. And you're like, this is just what I do for my job. <laughs> like, for me to get, to, for me to recover is like going to work. Right. Yeah. And so having to try to make those shifts, are, and and mm. you know, and I think I'm not a, you know, I am not i am not one of those guys who says as a pastor I need to have. My separate quiet time—that's personally—or my separate time with God—that's personally for me—and right. then I do my job. It's all so integrated. Yeah, into, I'm, to I'm who I am and what I do.
1: I'm kind of that way. I, I have, I do like some times that are just for me, but, but I also, I—it's hard for me to like do something like, okay, I'm going to wake up and have this just detached quiet time, and then later I'm going to go study the Bible. They don't seem to
0: separate out like that. Right. Well, hey. part of it is because you're called to say to people, "Follow me as I follow Jesus." Right. And part of that is your engagement with Jesus on display. Right. That's that's part of it. And that's right. good and bad. And it's, yeah. you know, cuz sometimes you you're not someone people should be following. Yeah. Oh, right. Towards Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz sometimes you're you're not doing so well. And pastors feel very uncomfortable and you know, understandably so saying that to people, like, I don't—I I am called to this, but I don't always, I'm not always doing well, you know? Right. I mean, what would you expect? Like, you know, if you're in the church, are you always doing well? Imagine if it was your responsibility to make sure everybody else was doing well and how unwell you'd be doing having that on top of you. <laughs> well, that's us. We're not spiritual gurus. We're not, you know, like another league. Um, but there is, there is a high— calling and God provides a lot of grace. Yes. That's important. And so, but, but it's not because we're better at it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think when we put people who are quote unquote better at it up there, those, that's the worst decisions we make. Those are the guys that do crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think probably as a pastor, the hard part for me is to not see what's happening as a performance and as if I do this right. Right. That that there's going to be some element of worldly success, like lots of people are going to come to my church, or I'm going to get recognition from outside of my own community, and because I'm, there isn't like a lot of metrics except for I look at people that are presented to me as sort of the celebrity of my who's doing well as a pastor, right? Right. Yeah, and you know that. Even though you're like, no, I I can rest in my identity in Christ and what God's called me to. At the same time, you know, the message of the enemy is very enticing in that, like, some of this is my kingdom. I want it to be my kingdom. Yeah. Um, And my kingdom needs to proclaim how good I am. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, but there's not a matrix to know that you're doing well. It's hard. It's hard to say, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. The matrix you have is Jesus being able to tune your ear to Jesus saying, you know, well done. Yeah. I love you. You know, that's that's the only matrix we have. Right. Right. Yes. Yes, and
1: and sometimes that's hard to hear, right? Or it's hard to tune into that right. that voice. Especially when people um I got what did I see? I saw something that somebody shared the other day. Oh yeah, it was Eric Mason. And he said he said something like Compliments come in you know small doses, two, three words at a time. Complaints come as essays. Um, would
0: Would anyone consider reversing that or something? You know? <laughs> well, I, I was listening to Kurt Thompson, who's a, a, a psychiatrist and Christian, and he was saying, you know, it takes four seconds for your nervous system to engage a criticism. Yeah, it takes 90 seconds to engage a compliment. For oh, it yeah. to actually fully like get the benefit. Yeah. So yeah, so you get the essay and it only takes four <laughs> seconds for that entire essay to sort of consume you and oh, totally. and begin to create a, a terrible space for you.
1: And the compliment when somebody says, Hey, good job today. It you often it never sinks in.
0: No, you really have you know, you have to actually stop and say, Okay, good job. Good job. <laughs> good yeah. job. Well yeah. And then you got thirty more seconds. You're already wait, gone. Wait, Come yeah. back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's, which, that's which by shame. the way, I think is important, not just with pastors, but anybody that you say, hey, I really appreciate that, so, yeah, change it into a little bit of an essay. Give it at least 90 seconds of, like, here's why. Yeah. And and let it sit in for that person, because that'll benefit them a lot. I
1: was, I was thinking about this. So, interestingly, just quick mid-podcast pause, this just reminded me, the other day when we couldn't think of the topic we were going to talk about, yeah. it was going to be how to approach your pastor with a concern? I had shared something. With, do you remember that now? Yes, that Yeah, like, okay. That's and we forgot it. So I guess we're the, here. The Holy we are. Spirit was like, <laughs> he's like that was good, just not then. Um. So here we are. So the I, I was going through some of my stuff in my office. Um. I, I had one of these rare. I think something was canceled, but I had another thing in an hour, and I I thought, you know what? There's a couple little files and boxes that I've never looked through since I moved my office. So I was flipping through some, and there's this box of stuff I kept from my youth ministry days, and in it were probably 10 to 15 notes that people had given me, mostly kids, and, you know, sometimes it was just a funny drawing and, you know, like you're, you're my favorite person. Thanks for talking to me. I, and I rem- and it took me back right when I, I would remember how they gave it to me. I would remember everything. And I, I stuck some of them up on my bookshelf even now, you know, cause I thought, my, oh my, I need this. Interestingly, the, the community that did the best job at affirming me was middle school children. Um. Which is saying a lot. Of all—that was like (laughs) a church. There, I had 80, 90 of them. That's impressive. Like, there was a a small church of middle school students, the church community that has done the best job of giving me—now, I've gotten affirmations at our church. I'm by no means saying that hasn't happened. I'm just saying I got more um, from that community, uh, and I was there less time than I've been at at my church— Now, but I also do have some from our church, and sometimes one guy took the time to do this whole drawing of me breaking the communion bread, and it was really, like, cool and fun, and I love that. It's up on my—I just smile every time I see it. And I think he sat there for an hour or two and drew this thing, and inside, you know, wrote me a little note. And I have a um, sermon—somebody—I think I know who, but not positive— but they outlined my sermon on the back of one of our welcome cards and did all this this little artistic stuff, and it's one of my bookmarks, and it just says, great job, Andy, great sermon. And that, that bookmark, I cling to that. Like I look to it, you know, and it's just it's cool how they drew it out, but it also just the fact that here's what it said to me. I paid attention the whole time to what you said, I thought it was good, and I wanted you to have this cool thing I drew about it, you know? And those things are so rare. They really are. And so when when they come, I've, I'm, like, collecting them. And then I realized I have long notes from these middle school kids, and that's beautiful. I thought, man, we as adults—and I'm not—this isn't a criticism to my church. I'm not writing these kind of notes to people, Right? You know, I'm saying we as adults forget how to do that and how much it matters. And I don't know what it was about those kids. I don't know if their parents told them to do it or, or if some of them just – it just was an overflow. If they had some time and they were being creative, I don't know. How about, how about you? Do you have anything like that? I mean that – I'm just saying I'm I'm like starved for that. Just to be honest, like, I'm, and, and I'm not, it's not because nobody does it. There are, I can name people who have specifically gone out of their way and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because n- normally you hear the complaints and
0: they're long. Mm. Yeah. Long, long. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, to say that I've never had complaints would be wrong uh, because I have and I've dealt with lots of those. I, I, they're different than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I I thought people were gonna p- complain about like my preaching. Sure, or they were gonna complain about you know how certain things are done in the uh-huh. sense of like structurally. Yeah, but that for the most part hasn't been that. The complaints have been more around how things the like spiritually choices that have been made by the church or by me. Yeah, that the complaints come or. People feel hurt or offended by something I've said or done. Usually, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Nobody's ever been like, that sermon
1: just wasn't great. Yeah. You know, and written that up. It's usually you, this is destructive, you know, abuse of the position or something. Right. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, so I I think the real, in my community, I think, and I, they, they are, Good at caring for me, but they're not a, and for Rod and for Mark, they're not necessarily an extremely verbal church. Mm. So they're a more action oriented church. So yeah. I can tell that too. they're listening to what I say and they're doing the things yeah. that I'm ensuring, but they aren't verbal. So what's been interesting is as we've had actually an increase of maybe older people in our mm. community, uh, they are verbal. They're used to telling the pastor. Yeah, good job. You know, we really appreciate that. So, I, I'll just give an example. I was sitting with some guys after church this Sunday, and they were. We're doing a documentary of our church because twenty years. Whoa. Um, it'll be twenty years in October that we've since we planted. Wow. so it's a big that's a big deal to Speech, have a church yeah. for twenty years. So we're gonna try to do this documentary, and part of the documentary is for a couple Sundays we're setting up a camera and a backdrop and everything and we're going to have as many villagers come in and, and answer a couple of questions about, yeah. you know, when did they come and et cetera, et cetera. So th- they were talking about this around the table. And so some of them have come out of some, you know, interesting churches and they made their way through Calvary Chapel uh-huh. to the village. And so they're talking about how much, they do like Robert Furrow and stuff like yeah. that and just the experience of different churches. Yeah. And I, I cracked the joke, I was like, yeah, but you ended up here because I'm so much better than Robert Furrow, right? And I was kind of being yeah. silly. And one of them was like, no, no. No. <laughs> you re- no. They said, no, no, you really are. And I was like, oh, wow. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah it felt really good. And then one of the older guys was like, <laughs> he laughed. He said, you are really good. Robert Furrow, you. <laughs> hate <laughs> <haters."> <laughs> but but it was, it was affirming that like, yeah, you have something really good to offer here. And I think that... That's what I really long for. And I think when I talk to pastors, that's what they long for. It's just not for the whole church to just be static, you know, and you're a celebrity and yay, you know, sign, right. sign my Bible. But more just know what you have to offer is really good and important. And I need to verbally affirm that every so often to let you know, no, this is good. Because sometimes you... You're sitting there when you're preaching, and you're looking at people, and you're wondering what they're they're thinking and how they're responding based on their body language, especially in a smaller church. As you well know. Yeah. oh gosh, yeah. and
1: I'm then just hyper aware. I, you become I've hyper. I've said this to people. I would rather, as far as comfort level goes, speak to five thousand people and and walk through the crowd. You know, because it's it all just sort of blends together in a smaller church setting. God put me in a very uncomfortable place. I hear everybody when they're whispering to each other. I yeah I see when they're not paying attention. I notice when they walk out. Um, yeah, you know it's, it's and you're like, oh, are there? <laughs> is this a bathroom break? Or are you just done? You know, you done with this? And it's a it's very that's very distracting to me. Which it's you know it just is what it is. It's just the type of venue yeah, and the church the type of church it's, you're creating and that I even believe in. right? Yes, yeah. But no. it it is
0: very uncomfortable and I'm hyper aware of it all yeah yeah definitely and so i think there's that like i, I want that affirmation uh, i want people to, to say hey no you're you're doing a good job because it's not just the preaching part it's when you sit with people and you you're in their intimate parts of their life and you think man this i'm in a very privileged spot here right it but is I, but i don't know like you know we're talking about life changes to require a lot of work from you yeah. have a lot of consistency from me. And so you're not getting a lot of like in counseling. People aren't like, good job, Eric. Like, I really right. feel lifted up. And now my marriage or whatever yeah. I was wrestling with. Wow. Yeah. This is better. <laughs> I joked with
1: somebody who came to my office the other day. I said, well, you know, norm- nobody, nobody asked to come here because they're doing well and they just want to talk. <laughs> so
0: what's going on? Which, you know, I have had a few meetings yeah. like that. And those are awesome. And so if you want to really encourage pastors, call them up when you're doing really well and say, can I take you out for coffee, tell you what God is, tell doing, you what God is doing in my life yeah. in this community.
1: I had uh, just yesterday, somebody took me out just to check in on me, knowing that which we've had some hard things, which is also deal. really great. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I, I really don't want to complain. People, we have... we i receive affirmations please everybody don't if you if you write Eric and I these like 10 page letters nope, tomorrow we're going to Please gonna, do. You're mind. you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, just I'm fine. saying wait. Send me the 10 page. <laughs> wait wait a minute till we forget we did this podcast. That'll only take 2 weeks. We'll forget we did this podcast in 2 weeks. Cuz we're not I'm 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 not like saying that that's what I'm asking for. I'm just I'm just saying that there there are people who do a great job, but somehow the complaints come in strong and they're usually very long and, and complex. They are often followed with awkwardness of some form and difficult something. And they just they eat at your soul. And so the the compliments and the, the help and the affirmation and especially I would love to hear the stories, you know, of what God has done. And I, I am encouraged too in the nonverbal moments where you see somebody you see them put into practice something you've taught them to do that is hugely rewarding yeah but um but yeah it would mean a lot if if some of the if the affirmations balanced out some of those critiques and then with the critiques you know so i read an article by russell moore and he was referencing you
0: you, uh, reference russell moore a lot i know you like mr moore
1: I like him. Did you hear he's uh, he's leaving the Southern Baptist? Uh, yes, I did. Post, yeah, I, I I I think that that is probably most people have no idea who we're talking about, but check R- him out. Russell Moore is Russell the head of ethics and civil liberties for the or was um, or probably still is at the moment of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he and he really took a beating the last four four six years because he was. He wasn't a Trump guy, and as an ethics, civil liberties person, he had to speak on these things repeatedly, and a lot of his denomination just railed him for a long time. Well, um, um, which, they're bleeding people right now. They are bleeding in people. In a lot of different and, areas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and a lot of it has to do with these same issues. But yeah. <laughs> I I came to really respect him over this period because he continued to consistently speak lovingly and highly of his brothers and sisters in Christ who were tearing him to shreds, and he was consistently like the the things that he was promoting and warning against, I feel like he just stayed right down the, the line on what he he didn't waver. Yeah. And uh I wanna be more like that, honestly. So yeah. um that I, I've come to pay more attention to him after having watched him do that. So he's moving over to Christianity today, uh, the magazine. Ooh. So yeah. anyway, um he but he wrote something on this topic about kind of how to approach your pastor with criticisms and he brought up that what people tend to do is just hit you out of the blue with something and that's not really a way that anybody likes to receive a big heavy critique is here's here it is out of the blue or it'll be a text you know and he, he gave an example, and he was referencing somebody else who'd written a little article about it, I think. But he said, here's, please don't do this. Hey, can we talk about something in a text, right? Because you and I know when you get that text, the flags go up and you have no idea where this is headed, but right. you can, you assume, uh-oh, we're going down the rabbit hole. Like, that's what I, that's what that usually means. Hey, you got time? Oh, great. You know, uh, either your life's blown up or you're coming after me. Right. Right. And that's unfortunate. It's just happened so many times. Right. Um, And so he was saying, here's what you do you reach out and say, hey, I have a concern that I'd like to talk to you about. You know, don't worry, nothing big, just, you know, something that's been on my heart for a couple months. I'd love to make an appointment. Do you have time? Now you've framed it so the, You know your pastor, and this is probably just good etiquette with anybody. You know they know what this is. Or if you say, "Hey, I've just been feeling really spiritually dry. I just I could really use some encouragement. Do you have time? Great, I know what that is. Or you know, I'm having a relational problem. I could really use some advice. Great, I know what that is. Yeah, give give some some clear ideas of
0: what you want. Clear ideas is helpful. Yes,
1: because when it's just uh, you know, and then the worst, worst, worst is when you act like you're having somebody you want to hang out. Hey, what do you, you know, you want to hang out? You want to you want to do something together? Would you like to come over for dinner? And then it turns out that it was a bait and switch. And it's not come over for dinner. It's we're going to talk to you about this big thing that we've been saving up for you. <laughs> and that happens, and that is the absolute worst approach. <laughs> Cuz it not only catches off guard, but it hurts because it felt like friendship. And then you brought out a knife, or or a big heavy sack of pain, right, right, right. and when it felt like you were trying to hang out, yeah. and and pastors are people we want to have friendship, and so when you offer hangout and it turns out it's not that, it's just emotionally, just absolutely painful. Yeah,
0: can be. Yeah, no, I, that's all really good advice. I, I think when I, while you were talking, with two things I thought about. One is. I think, as a community, we forget that the pastor is just one of the sheep he just happens to be a sheep who's been called to lead the other sheep by saying the shepherd's going this way right the pastor uh, to the shep to the great shepherd is also a sheep right. yeah, and so he's as dumb as you <laughs> right. totally. oh we're, gosh we're, yeah we're all wandering around. I can think of plenty of people in th- in our church of Who are I am dumber than? Yes, exactly. Did you hear that sentence? That proved it. (laughs) That was good. You know, so we're getting stuck off the side of the cliff as much as everybody else is, you know, trying to. So there's that. That's one thing. Which
1: is why, by the way, a little weird side note why are the denominational circles we're in believe in pastors being part of a church like community themselves is because they are sheep under Christ. So that's why there's groups of elders and classes and presbyteries and stuff is because there you're just a sheep yeah which is what
0: you are yeah Yeah. and so the other thing i thought about is i remember hearing a pastor say that the elders and of your church and the church itself is only going to believe from 75 to 50 percent in the mission like they're going to be that passionate right compared to you. So you're 100% into this mission and it's going to be 75 and 50. So they're not so you can't expect them to be there. Right. But you have to also realize if you're in the community and you're leading with the pastor, 9 times out of 10 he's 100% in on the vision and he's pouring his life in and he's wondering why no one, not everyone is online and with him. And right. that can become very discouraging if he doesn't get it in his head that oh, people have you know, their own lives and their own ways right. and, and they don't they may be they They'll have shared relationships to some, the vision. Yeah. And that is hard. I've definitely dealt with that. So encouraging yeah. him by saying, Hey, we love that you're hundred percent into this vision and we're going to support that and be there with you yeah. in it was is is really good. Just reminding your pastor. Because we don't <laughs> we don't have it enough. often
1: feels like do these people care about this vision?
0: I mean, I don't know. Maybe right. that's, that's well, sounding stark, but, but it well, can be. Well, no, feel but there's it. a lot of internal self doubt. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Should, is this really a good idea? Should we even be doing this? Like, have why? I
1: articulated any of this clearly? Yeah. Has anyone heard me over the past six, right. seven, 15, 20 years? Right. As, yeah.
0: And, and nine times out of 10, we're not blaming you. We're right. blaming us. Oh, 100%. 100%. We're I didn't do it right. I didn't communicate. <laughs> I wasn't present at the right times. I, you know, I have <laughs> failed. If I could clear something up, if you
1: think that your pastor, this isn't just us, but if you think your pastor probably doesn't have a clue about the potential negative, you know, and downsides to his life and ministry, and you think you really need to say something because he has no idea, chances are it plagues him every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, talk to a lot of pastors. Yeah. yeah. And, and you also, don't want to go around always just kind of moping about how it plagues you every day. And you feel like in some church context, you can't tell you tell anybody that it plagues you every day. You have to act confident. So just the fact that it doesn't come
0: across that way doesn't mean it's not the case. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, th- I think here we are. T- I mean, you get a little insight into pastors, maybe a little bit of our frustration, a little bit of what we long for, and um, and just you know being cared for. The interesting thing in small church pastors, Which I think is a in, whole other it's a whole and that's us. Yeah, at some level is that there's no performance reviews. Like I, my my wife <laughs> has these huge performance reviews that she has to fill out and then go over with her supervisor. Yeah, and they have to watch, And she has to have all of these goals that are highly articulated for next year, and those goals right. are going to be assessed. Um, this you know right. the next year, and so that's not. I mean that's not our job. Like if I, you know, and so in some ways we end up looking at our congregation. They are the performance. performance If they're
1: saying good job and if they're moving in the direction, if, and if we don't hear that or see that, it feels like you messed. you know, you didn't do a good job.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of us like, Oh, giving's down. I'm not performing well. Oh, that person like glared at me when they walked by and didn't even say hi. Okay. I'm not doing well. Oh, like the person I've been meeting with doesn't seem to want to meet anymore, but they haven't said anything (laughs) to me. Right? Oh, okay. okay. Right. I've been saying the same thing for the last three sermons, but nobody seems to be hearing this. Like, you know, like those are the performance reviews. And not to say that you need to fix all that, but at least understand that that is the assessment of how we're understanding ourselves.
1: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I... I want to say that this probably just applies to to. I mean, I think husbands and wives feel these things, right? Sure. How often does my wife hear me sit down and in long form just tell her what an awesome job she's doing, right? Which, by the way, happy anniversary, Michaela. That's, that's happy our anniversary, anniversary
0: today. Oh, how many years?
1: Uh, nine years. Nine yeah. years. Yeah, cruising toward toward the big one zero. Yeah, that's that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, it's a big uh, deal. It's a big deal, and huge, huge deal for us. And so, yeah, that's anyway. But how often do our spouses hear us long form? You know, you you get the hey. I don't know if you should have talked to the kids that way, you know. But how often is it just you do a great job? Yeah, and yeah. and I've yeah, I, I need to thank my wife for having even recently done that a couple times and just taken a moment and it means a ton. And so, but but just to our listeners, to those of us, you know, it's not just how you approach pastors, it's probably every important person in your life, your parents, right? Like how often do your parents how often have they heard the ways that you've that they failed you? How often have you sat down in long form, just told them what a gift and how you wouldn't have come to Jesus and or or even that like the you know what you you really hurt me but then again you really gave me a gift and I want to thank you for that too. Um and yeah there's probably just something in here. Of we we probably need to express way more gratitude.
0: Right. And, well, if if our response to the gospel is gratitude, then all the good gifts that have been yeah. given to us are from the gospel. They come from Christ. Yeah. They come from the the from God the creator of all things.
1: So and you can give to others what has been given to you. Yeah. So you can show gratitude
0: not just to Christ, but yeah. to other people. Well, yeah. in some ways that is how we show gratitude yeah. to Christ is by by celebrating the goodness in people.
1: You have to figure if if you've given a cold a cup of cold water to someone who is thirsty and you've given it to Jesus then wouldn't it be true that if you express gratitude to someone that that also could be a way of expressing gratitude to Jesus and that if you don't express gratitude and thankfulness to people that you may not be simultaneously doing that to, you know for Jesus that that would be a real vehicle of worship in an interesting way
0: if you could see it as such so yeah All right. I think this has been an interesting podcast and I am hoping that you've waited your way through it to get here because <laughs> I think you hopefully heard a little bit of our heart and if you heard a little edge here and there, you also saw some of the way we just are hurt or get angry or yeah, it get frustrated with things and, you know, we're humans. This is true.
1: Well, um, Eric, I should say at this point. We, we've been talking for many years and doing this podcast together and back when we first started we hardly knew each other that's true I really like talking to you uh, you're, you' you're great I would I would go to your church man well, if, I, if I wasn't doing so. another church I would go to your church because you are you are a, you're a deep thoughtful person who offers a lot always invites me to think deeper invites me to know Jesus more hmm. um, though I do not always agree with you it doesn't matter much because of how much I trust you and how much I enjoy, um, yeah, just working together with you. So there you go. For for what's right. I feel like I want to wow. tell you that. So, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: There you go. That's cool.
1: So now on that intimate moment, now that as Eric needs needs 30, he's going. <laughs> no, I'm like, I need 90 seconds. 30, 30 more seconds. <laughs> okay, 60 keep,
0: more seconds. Keep it keep, go. keep, keep going. Keep it going. <laughs> You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Siepen and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.